Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for leading us in worship. Thank you, church, for engaging God in worship. Yeah. Thank you. We had, obviously, a brand-new keyboard player today and Steve, so thank him for doing that. And Josh was filling in on the drums there. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. He'll be right back there in the back for you youth, so uh, don't leave without him. He'll be right there. So I don't even know if I told you why I was apologizing at the beginning. I, uh, I was apologizing to you men and you ladies because we actually hosted the simulcast this last Friday and Saturday of Promise Keepers event that was taking place. And um, we tried to get the word out to you so you'd know early in the week, but uh, it was kind of a sudden thing, and I understand that. Um, I want to let you know that because next July they're going to do it again, and we'll either be in person in Dallas or hosting it here. I don't know how it's going to work yet. You know, God only knows our tomorrows and stuff. I just want you to know we plan to be engaging that and part of it. I know that people are critical of, of everything, and so, you know, that's just the way it is. So get over the criticalness and start opening up to God and let Him speak. You know, there's always things you like and don't like about everything in life, right? Some people in here think it's too cold. Some people think it's too warm. You know, just move your seat around. And you'll find different temperatures in different environments. And so, like, the way we walk through life is that God is leading us, and uh, if we're letting Him, and there's going to be seasons of comfort and uncomfort. But if God's leading, there's a purpose in the uncomfort. So deal with it. Because He probably wants you to surrender. And I know He doesn't want you to complain. There's no doubt about that. He speaks of that over and over again. In the last two Sundays, we've been talking about God leading us. How we see in Scripture how God is calling people to follow. And now we want to look at what Jesus said about this very topic. And it, it happens that Jesus is addressing something to his followers that is critically important for you and I to understand as we step forward in life. And um, all that's going on in mind in your life right now, we need to know who we're following and why. And so when Jesus says this in John 10, there is some critically important words that he speaks to us. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. As you read on down through chapter 10 of John, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Now, one of the things as Christians that I've often heard from people is, I don't know the voice of God, I don't know what he's saying. One of the best ways to begin to learn what God is saying to you and how to identify His voice, there's two things I always say. Read the Bible, that's God's voice in black and white. Okay, it's really important for you to know that. But not only that, all of us have heard voices in our life. And we followed one voice while we were living for us. Once we came to Jesus and received Him as our Savior, we began to hear a different voice. Don't follow the old one, follow the new. The one that used to lead you into destruction. 
The one that always led you to satisfy your flesh. The one that always led you in your life and it ended up in the pits. Don't follow that one. Begin to identify the voice of God and know that he is speaking. But he doesn't just speak in an audible voice. He speaks in promptings, in feelings, in emotions, through words, through scripture. And God affirms his word. And the spirit of God will never speak something that does not agree with scripture. That is why in 1 John 4, we are directed by the apostle to test the spirits that they're of God. Because it's easy for us to just begin to follow whatever we think is God in our mind. We need to know it's God, and the way we know it's God is the voice affirms the truth of Scripture all the time. He'll never lead you outside of Scripture. Never. It's God's Word. We must understand that we are following something. You are. We're following something, someone, something in our life is leading us. And we always have, and we always will. Before Jesus, you were following something. God's word affirms this. See, we think, the world looks at Christians like we're weak and we need something to help us. But the world is following a spirit as well as us. God's word tells us this in Ephesians 2. You used to follow the spirit and so did I. This is what he tells us, Ephesians 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin. Hey folks, did you hear what that just said to us? It's talking to us that have been changed and converted to Christ. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. See that next section? Obeying the devil. Huh. Well, I was never a devil worshiper. You were a devil follower. God's word says so. I would never do that. You did it. God's word says you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. You are spiritually being influenced and led along on on a journey of destruction. It's sin. And the enemy was leading your life. Some of you, he's still leading. The word of God says... He is the Spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That moment of surrender and obedience. Remember, we were just talking about the beginning of the service. See, there's this war going on at all times about who is Lord of my life. He must be, God must be the Lord of our lives. By the way, I just want to clarify something for you. When God was asking me to, to raise my hands in the silver dome in worship, I really didn't have a problem with raising one hand because that's kind of like I'm not over the top. It's when you do two that you're like you're out there. So it was easy for me to do the one at first. It was not easy. It was a surrender as well. But it was pretty easy because I was like, well, they know I'm not one of them. But he wouldn't leave me alone. It was like, get that other one up there. It's like, (laughs) nobody could see me like this, you know. Anyway, it's all about obedience. Look at what he tells us right here. The devil, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Hmm. Another reminder here, by the way, listen to this. All of us used to live that way, used to. 
following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. Another way to identify who's leading you is if it's something that is appealing to your flesh, it's probably not God. (laughs) Right? The inclinations of our sinful nature, that's what we used to follow. So it was the drive of self and self-satisfaction that dictated my life. So I thought it was me. But it was the devil. Because you see, he's the father of sin. And that's what was born within me. And therefore, sin. The spirit of antichrist was in me. Was in you. No way am I doing what God says. I'm going to do what I think. Here it is. The last statement in that section of verses right there, we're in verse 3 in the latter part, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. (laughs) Okay, so church, we're the redeemed, right? We've been saved. We've asked Christ to forgive us of our sins, to be our Savior. You done that? Well, there's a lot of you that need to come to the altar, it sounds like. Is Jesus Christ your Savior? Have you said yes to Him? Yes. All right, that's good. I don't know if I mentioned the cafe's open. All right. <laughs> see, we're saved when we confess our sin and we receive Christ as our Savior. But see, here's the thing. God promises, Jesus said that He would give us the Holy Spirit, that He would dwell in the hearts of believers. That's me and you, to lead God and direct our lives. So now, we are now under the authority of a different spirit. You hear what that said in Ephesians? You used to follow that spirit. Now you're following God's spirit. There's a, there's a complete change in the direction of my life and how I live it. So the spirit of God is now leading my life. However, as we begin this new journey, we are still new at this thing and therefore we have this war raging in front, inside of us, the spiritual conflict. Who's actually in charge here? Who's leading who? So early in our life, let's just look at kids. They need full attention to learn who the parent is because if you just let them go, like a lot of in culture want to do, they're going to end up in places you don't want them to be. Because when they start following their flesh, because we're all born in sin, you don't ever have to tell a kid to, to, to say, look, they all say they do the wrong thing. They do the wrong thing. Isn't it one of the first words they learn? No. It's because they hear it so often from you. They need to learn what no is because we're trying to keep them in a barrier of protection for their life because we know that's what the Spirit of God's doing with us. See, that's why the world views God as a no. Do you know when He gave us the Ten Commandments? You shall not. Don't. Don't do this. See, God knows us. He didn't say do this. He said, don't do that. He's a parent. Don't do this. 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 You got to have some barriers, some boundaries. Okay, the power of positive thinking in our world today, they're like, oh, don't tell them don't because that's what they're going to (laughs) do. Well, I think God knows better than us. And when he gave it out, he was like, don't do this, guys, because I'm going to whoop you. That's what he told us. 
Okay, so we're looking at this. Now, we begin this journey with the Holy Spirit in our life. He's leading us. He is the Holy Spirit. And as He leads, we start to struggle in this Christian life a little bit because we're wired for self. You know, we're just creatures of habit and we're so used to doing our thing and the way we want, speaking the way we speak, doing what we do, that there's this conflict that arises within us. And the Spirit of God is trying to get us on course with God's plan, not our plan, God's plan. Early in the journey of your walk with God, God brings you to those moments like, am I in charge or are you? He never stops with that, by the way, but it's just early. We're very attentive to it. See, usually we habitually respond first. Some of you that have temper problems, I'm not identifying you. I don't want anybody elbowing anybody, but you know you are. You know how your first reaction tends to be in anger? Like you respond like that. Okay. So we already know God's word says, you know, one of the the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So those of us that don't have anger, I never did before I was a Christian. I just want you to know, I don't think I'm, I had a different issue, a lot of different issues, but anger was never one of them. I didn't have a loss of temper. I don't get it. My father was that way and I used to laugh at him. I'm like, man, what a, I don't get that. You know, used to drive him crazy. Um, I got quite a few whippings for that, by the way. Because <laughs> I'd be laughing when he was losing control. That was, it's not a good combination. But anyway, so I, I want to explain something. So your first reaction is like the extreme. And your, your anger is the first reaction. And so you lash out. And then later you feel guilty and ashamed because you're like, oh, why do I do that all the time? Well, I want you to know part of it is you're wired in that direction, but the spirit is self-control. The word of God says, be angry and sin not. So your anger is not a sin. Please, everybody hear me. God was angry. God's not a sinner. Anger is not a sin. But if you let anger control you, you will sin. Right? So now like our first reaction is like this. And the spirit of God is speaking calling us so i'm like oh i need to change that what is going on how do i change that how do i stop from my first reaction being this now all those of you that aren't angry or or, that's not your main issue please relate it to whatever your problem is because y'all got it right we all have it it's some kind of a reaction so the holy spirit is like you know that's not okay isn't he awesome how gentle he is when we're angry he doesn't come and punch us in the jaw That would just get us in a fight. He steps back. But once we step away and the emotions subside, the spirit's right there like with a cloak. You know that wasn't okay. Oh God, I know it wasn't okay. What's wrong with me? Okay, this is the surrender of self in the walk with God that we have to learn. This is the moment where we decide who's leading who first thing I would tell you is, God, where's the source of my anger? Why is it that it's the first reaction that I have? What's going on inside of me, God? Would you show me? Because see, there's this brokenness in us that sin has caused that God wants to heal. He doesn't just like take us and say, now you're good. He's like, come on, let's go on a journey where I can make you whole. So God is making us whole on the journey. He saves us immediately forgives us completely 
but He's making us whole on the journey. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in our life. So this is what the Word of God tells us. Please hear this. It's awesome. In, in Romans 12, we all know the first verse. I'm not going to read it. Verse 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So if you're acting like the world, you're wrong. Stop it. The church is acting just like the world right now. We are dividing ourselves and picking sides for a war in public. God's saying we don't act like them. Our behaviors should be different. We're people of God. Don't. God's word. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You see that? This is God's word. It's like God wants to change us into a new person. We've been saved. Now the person needs to change because the spirit has changed. Sin no longer rules my life. Remember in Ephesians 2, you used to be ruled by sin, by the spirit of darkness, no more. Now that the spirit of God's in my life, the spirit says, I want to transform you into a new person, which starts in the brain. The mind has to be changed because if you think like you used to think, you'll act like you used to act. Therefore, God says, I want to transform you from the inside out. I want to make you into a new person. Then you will know God's will. I'm continuing in the scriptures. Let's read it all over. I won't stop this time. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Who's in charge? Who's leading? Who's got it? Who's going to say what happens next in my life? You want to know what God's will is for your life? Surrender! Stop it! Let Him lead! Then you'll know the good and perfect plan that God has for you. We all want God to tell us right now, what is your plan for me? Well, He has a plan for you to spend eternity with Him. And that's where His focus is. And so He is leading us on a journey to transform us into the person He died to make us so that God's good, isn't He? We have to learn a new way of living. A new way of being led. A new way of thinking. A new way of not being in control. I got some action steps. Don't get too excited. They're not the end. These are mid-action steps. And they're just a challenge to questions of where we are. Have you confessed your sin and received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Is God leading your life? Yes. I really wanted to hear that. Not that you have to do it again. I wanted to hear that. Because, see... When God's leading our life, and if He is, and if we're a believer, He should be. Are you enjoying the journey? All of it? Are you feeling unrest? See, there was different answers in there, wasn't there? It's okay. Let's be honest and truthful about this. Okay, and 
Are you a little bit confused right now? Does it feel like maybe God's not answering your prayers? And it's not like you're a sinner that God, listen, I want you to know he hears and answers prayers, but sometimes it feels like God's not answering my prayer. How about you? Do you maybe feel a little stuck right now? There's like this craziness that's going on, and I'm so sick of hearing about it. I didn't want to talk about it with you. I'm like, I, I just don't want to hear it anymore. I already know things aren't right. You don't have to tell me over and over again. I know it's not normal. This is not my new normal. I don't want to live here. <laughs> but I do want you to know it's going to be different. So it's a new normal. <laughs> See, God's all about changing us. He's not about us where we were. It's not like God's like, man, I am like struggling to deal with all these changes. Not at all. He's calling us. You know, if you're saved, that means you're born again, you've received Christ as your Savior. We're learning in obedience to the Holy Spirit and obedience to Scripture. That's what we're learning. So God's speaking to us and He's giving us the boundaries of our life. Not all of our boundaries are exactly the same. I hope you know that. See, some of you can do stuff I can't do. God knows me and He knows where I need to know. He does. There's things that anybody, if I told you some of the stuff God said, don't do that, you'd be like, you're crazy. What, what, what is, what's wrong with doing that? I'll tell you what's wrong with that. God knows me, and he's like, Dave, if you do that, you're going to end up over there. So don't do that. I had a friend that uh, I led to Christ many years ago as I was working by vocation as a pastor in the, in the factory I worked in in Detroit. And uh, he had been an alcoholic, young man, but just like he's, he was, yeah, messed up. He said yes to Jesus, and God changed him, man. And he was a new man, and he was like sharing Jesus with people at work and all this. There was this day, softball season came up. It's a big deal up there, you know. And he played softball. He was really good at it. And so after the game, the guys always went to the bar. And they're like, come on, let's go to the bar. And he's like, no, I'm not going. I, I can't go there. And he didn't go. Like three games into the season, like, no. This is crazy, because... We were at work, and he just came to me. He goes, hey, um, you know, I went to the bar last night. He was confessing to me. No reason to confess to me. I went to the bar last night, but I only had a soda water. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. You know you can't do that. Don't go there. Because the next week, he didn't show up for work the day after the game. See, when we walk out of the boundaries of God, when God already knows us and we know us, we'll end up someplace we shouldn't be. It's not a sin to drink alcohol. It's a sin to be drunk. But I'm just letting you know right now, Dave does not drink alcohol. Because Dave doesn't know how to drink alcohol without being drunk. No, I'm serious. I, I'm like, I'm like, um, I'm all in when I'm in something. I'm passionate about it. So I'm serious, man. It's not okay. I'm just letting you know. It's the truth. So it's like one drink's not enough. Two's not enough. And they're just going to keep going until I'm either gone, whatever. That's the way I am. So I know me. God knows me. So God drew a line and said, Dave, that's a no. Yes, sir. 
Look, I mean, it may not be that extreme to you, but when God tells you it's a no, it's a no. Don't bring me scripture. See, it's okay. The word of God says it's okay to drink. You know that, right? He does. The apostle Paul told the young pastor, that wouldn't go very well in some churches, drink a little wine for your stomach. You got a little issue, drink it. Heart doctors are saying, drink a little bit of red wine. It helps your heart. This is not a free pass for you to go get drunk today. God's word says, don't get drunk. That's a sin. Why? Because you lose control. Look, you know this. You did things you didn't even know you were doing. I had people telling me about what I did last night that I didn't know I did. It's not okay. It's not okay. I look in God's word and he's like, who's leading, Dave? Is it me or you? In that moment, in the silver dome, when God was saying, worship me, Dave, surrender. God was actually saying, am I leading or are you, Dave? Who's in charge? Is this about you and how people see you? Or is this about me and you and the relationship that I want to have with you? It's about me and him. I don't care what people think. That doesn't mean, I want you to hear me, it doesn't mean that I don't care what you think. It doesn't mean that there's not a fight sometimes about what you think. It means I have to surrender what everybody in the world thinks to know what God says. That's what's critical. See, it's obedience to the Holy Spirit, obedience to Scripture. That's what it's all about. And this is how we learn to know God is leading us and we're following. Through life, there are moments of clarity and cloudiness. Man, somebody at the beginning of the service took a lot of time because we're almost out of time here. (laughs) I don't know if you heard me at the beginning, but I said if anything's messed up, it's Josh's fault, so... Uh, yeah, he's downstairs. He doesn't know. <laughs> See, there's, there's these moments of clarity and cloudiness. Proverbs 4, I'll hurry. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Isn't that awesome? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The Spirit of God, His presence, His leading See, my brain, I can have a communication with my heart, and I'll try and logically tell my heart, this works. I can do that. God says, let your heart determine the course of your life. That's the Spirit of God's dwelling place. (laughs) Avoid all perverse talk. That's verse 24, in case some of you need to highlight that. That's Proverbs 4, 24. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Come on, you have no business with some of the conversations we're having. We're men and women of God. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path to your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Isn't that awesome? That's God's word. It's like, hey, look, I know you. This is where you need to be heading. Go that way. Don't see if you can look over the cliff on the journey. See, a lot of us, we want to get over that edge and like, hey, what is happening over there? Straight path. Walk with him. Let the Spirit of God show you. See, remember, I told you he had to go there. He just wanted to have a soda water. 
right at the edge. Right on the edge. I haven't crossed. I'm clean. I'm good. I'm in control. Did you hear me, church? See, right up to the edge, to the cliff, right to the border. Some of us want to just live on that edge. Like, I want to be kind of accepted in the world and be like them, but still be different. So I'm like, I'm going to try and type rope this. I want to be, I'm, I'm with Jesus, but I, you know. God's word says make a straight path for your feet. It's all about Jesus, man. So let's move along here. Come on. So this is Old Testament, right? Being written to people that didn't have the Holy Spirit, but it was written to us too. But I'm talking about in that day, in that time, that direction. He's like, oh my goodness, you guys, you've got to follow God's law. You get so screwed up so fast, stay right there. Go right in the center. The psalmist wrote some stuff too, right? We're so easily sidetracked. Losing focus of our purpose and reason for life. Your purpose, my purpose in living is to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. That's why we live. That is why we exist. Church, therefore, it is God's mission, not my mission. I am to have a relationship with him and fulfill his mission for my life so that I might spend eternity with him. Celebrating all that he has done through me for his glory. That's what it's all about. Psalmist, let's see what it says here. Let's, oh my goodness. You guys okay? I'm sorry for being late. We're going to run this through. Psalm 32, 8. But the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Why are we fighting him? I'll guide you on the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. He's like, hey, I am sick of fighting with you. Stop it. I got a picture for you of a horse's brain. Don't get grossed out. I really need us to see this. Go ahead, pop it up there for us. Maybe. I have one. Pick, there it is. So that's a walnut. So the brain is right there wrapped like a crescent roll, you know, like a little crescent roll. That's the brain of the horse. So if you like balled that up in a ball, it's barely bigger than a walnut. Right? God says, don't be stupid. Don't use like this little part of your brain about that big and fight me. I'm God. I've got you. Now, don't be senseless. God says, use your brain. Use what I gave you to understand you can't do it. (laughs) Follow me. I've got a plan for you. It's good. I want to work something out in your life for you. So, my wife's horse's name is Angel. I'm riding Angel. She's like learning, reining and stuff. Not the rain. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the rain on her neck, the bit in her mouth. I want her to know that when I put that little rain on her neck, touch her with my heel, that means left. When I say whoa, that means stop. So I'm sitting on Angel's back. She's young. She's full of energy. She's like, I don't like standing still. I got to move starts to move when I told her stop so you know what we do with her 
you're going to learn. Since you want to move, and I don't want you to, you're going to learn what moving means. Lay that rein on her neck, put my heel on her side, and I make her just go in circles, real tight circles, just like that. She starts to like say, like, we're not going nowhere. I'm going to stop. I'm like, oh, no, we're not. You want to move? We're going to move. Not only are we going to move like this, now I'm going to stop you so you think you're okay, and then I'm going to make you do it to the other direction. Now we're going. Now I'm driving her. I'm giving her a heel because she wants to slow down. We're going to... Then I say, whoa, you willing to stop now? See, we've been going somewhere and never going anywhere. And she's sweating now. She's gotten nowhere. She's not accomplished nothing. And I'm like, who's in control now? She'll stand there. But it's not long. Because her little brain says, my feet want to move. My feet need to move. And there's this little twitch. And pretty soon she starts, I say, okay, let's do it again. And, and she'll get worn out doing circles until she finally surrenders. Now look, it's not because she's like, oh, you're in charge. She's just tired. I haven't gained anything yet because she hasn't learned that she's not in control. So a lot of us, we're learning what the Holy Spirit's saying to us and we're not getting anywhere. And we just keep frothing up and we're getting worn out and we're like, whoa, God, really? Why aren't we getting anywhere? Why am I still here? He's like, well, as soon as you understand who's in charge, we'll actually do something. But so many, yeah, man, he's talking to us. He's like, I want to lead you. Oh, God, I'm really going now. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Having fun yet? Let's try the other way. Since it was so great that way, help me, Jesus. Sweaty, done for, worn out, collapse in bed. Oh, God, forgive me, help me, lead me tomorrow. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Man, oh, man, help me, Jesus. Isaiah 30, though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. The prophet speaking to God's people. Did you hear that? Did you see what God served them? This is what God's word says. The Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink. God was leading. God was leading. And the journey wasn't fun. And there were moments where it really sucked. But God was leading. And God said, I did this for a reason. Listen to what he goes on and says through that section there. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. What are the right or the left? Listen to that. God's saying like, are you listening yet? Do you hear me? I'm talking. I'm trying to give you direction Yeah. God uses adversities to get our attention, to get our eyes back on Him. (laughs) Do you think He might be doing something with the church today? Seriously. Do you think maybe He's like, do I have your attention yet? Your eyes on me now? Am I going to lead this thing? Are you going to keep just doing church? 
Or are you going to follow my lead? Do you think maybe God's up to something, church? I'm going to feed you some adversity. How's that? How you doing now? Keep running, church. Keep running. Keep, oh, let's do this now. Yeah. You ready? 2 Corinthians 12. This is my last section of scripture, I promise. You ready? I, I mean, I just bumped ahead, so I know my, I got notes on that back screen. I'm not just looking off into space. Uh, <laughs> I love y'all, but I got to, yeah. Even though I received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Church, the reason why I brought this to you is because, you know, we just think that God's just going to fix every problem in our life. And God says, you need some problems because you get a little too cocky and full of yourself as you're going along and you think you can handle it. He knew Paul. He's like, you're going to do amazing things for me, dude. And I know that as these things start to happen through you, you could get full of yourself. Really? That's what he just said to us. So we allowed Satan to jab him. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, we need to be humbled a little bit. Maybe we need to not think so much of ourselves and humble ourselves before God and like, okay, God, I'm done. It's, it's you. See this surrendered dependence. God allowed it. I want you to know it worked. <laughs> it always does. But the Apostle Paul wrote this. I stopped reading, but listen to the rest of that. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. See, that's the surrendered life. He's like, it's okay if I have to suffer a little bit because I know I need this and I want God to be glorified through my life. So whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to us and saying, look, man, it's not about all comfort and coziness. It's not all about enjoying the journey. There are times where you're going to get jabbed. There's going to be times where you have to drink and eat adversity. He said, but you're going to know who's leading you, and that's what it's all about. Action steps. Thank you. You can go ahead and applause. Yeah. <laughs> you can stand. That way I won't make you stand long. We'll just end it. Stand. Have you accepted Jesus Christ, your Savior, church? Have you been fighting the bits? Are you wrestling with God on who's in control and direction and place? Are you doing that? Yeah. Are you ready to end it? Yeah. yeah, man. It's time to surrender, man. It's time to give.